Greetings, everybody. Welcome back to Radio Ohm. I'm Don Paul, and this is A Labor of Love. So if you haven't visited my website at presenceyoga.org, your donations are always appreciated. I have a treat for you today. I found a recording of a lecture I did back in July of this year on yoga and the arts. And in particular, I was addressing the question as to whether or not the discipline in both traditions is the same. Yes and no. Let's listen. No, we want the, and the toes, oh, the toes, what they do to their toes. And make sure you really get extension there, really, really bend it back. And going on and on and on for half an hour over one spin, and I thought, my goodness, what will that do to your body is what I was really thinking. And every once in a while, there's a moment of splendor, a moment of transcendence. And I thought, there really is crossover. And even in the realm of form, which was surely emphasized throughout this two-hour documentary, form, the emphasis on the form, getting the form right, getting it just right. And we have that in yoga, too, especially as some schools emphasize the form and the postures a little more than others. But even in our tradition, to be fair, we do have to emphasize certain things, make sure the spine is straight. But the underlying consideration is for something much deeper. It's so that that energy will flow. We want to open up those meridians so as to facilitate that inner flow of energy that we call prana, and the kundalini rises. So there is common ground, but there are these very fundamental differences. And I continued. I thought, really, that's the whole point. Yoga is about awareness. Its whole fundamental purpose of being, and that which brings us to the mat, is about the cultivation of what we call awareness. The mind itself, our consciousness, and ultimately self-realization. Ultimately self-realization. And so it really matters how we define a thing. Because even if we think, well, 
experience of that which exceeds our capacity for words, that which is nameless. It's just an experience. But yet, it really matters how we define a thing and how we understand our purpose for being there. Because when we sit down and we define our purpose as this transcendence, as this conquering of the shadows, or first the acceptance of the shadows before we transmute them, well, it becomes a totally different enterprise altogether. Despite those moments of sameness, what the singer Nimo, uh, Nina Simone called freedom, you know, when they interviewed her and they said, what is freedom to you? She said, I don't know, I only experience it every once in a while. You know, she was that great singer. Every once in a while I experience it on stage. What is it, what is it? And when pressed, she said, it's fearlessness. It's the total absence of fear. Oh, that starts to sound like yoga. But there's still a very, very deep difference. Because you can be mad as a hatter the rest of the time. <laughs> and as long as you bring it when the curtains open, you can be mad as a hatter when the curtains close. And she described herself as just that. Well, I don't think she used the term mad as a hatter, but she did describe herself as insane and was later diagnosed with bipolar. And in those rehearsals, those ballet rehearsals, I continued to think, reflect, contemplate. Wow, two hours, and nobody asks the question, how are your relationships? Do you have inner anger? <laughs> your patience? Are you tolerant? What do you do when the curtains close and you become mad as a hatter? And they get addicted to those experiences, that transcendent moment, the sublime that we call it. And because they can't get it back, it becomes an addiction, an addiction to that stage experience. And they don't know how to get it back. And so they become addicted to it and unable to get it back of their own will and their own efforts, never having cultivated it on their own. They get addicted to all sorts of substances trying to get there. It's all too common. But that's the point. In yoga, we're dealing with the mind directly, on its own terms. The impatience, the anger, all the shadows, face to face with that stuff, even the void. When the curtains close, what do we do when we face the void? What are you gonna do with that void? How will you deal with the shadows? Can you sit with it? Can you sit with the crap? Yoga takes us face to face with those experiences, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And so in that way, we're dealing with the mind directly. And that's how it's defined. And so the overarching point here is, it really does matter how we philosophically define what we're doing. And even art found this to be true as it comes loaded with philosophical jargon, the Mondrian, trying to create this platonic perfection in its harmoniously ordered rectangles. Perfect, can it bring about a utopia by its demonstration of it? We define our activities differently, that which deals directly with the mind, and that matters. So with that said, in today's class, let's try to get into that space that Nina Simone talked about, that freedom, that fearlessness, that moment of transcendence. What 
a special set that starts out curiously, that's all I'll say, and then ends in a very, very magical way. So first, let's warm up by standing. And first, before we do anything at all, let's be okay with not doing. Just stand with your feet on the ground. This is mountain pose. We always think about it as nothing, but in fact, it's something. Standing with awareness, the heart of yoga, cultivating that awareness in all that we do. In the pauses in between the doing, energetically 